you have been invested in the stock market, in bonds, in ETFs or REITs, well, how much did you know about seg funds? Today, we're going to be talking about something that will preserve your money. Did you even know that you could protect and preserve your capital even though you are gambling in the stock market? Well, welcome to the show and you will learn how. You know, most of the time it's a filet mignon, right? So think of it as a filet mignon with bacon wrapped around it. And so if your value of your fund has gone up, it makes sense to reset and lock in that gain if this is a long-term investment. die before a predetermined date and the value of your fund is less than the capital you invested, the guarantee will reimburse all of the difference to your beneficiary. How's my financial health doc? Welcome to the Financial Literacy Podcast for Healthcare Professionals where financial security and wealth topics are not a taboo. We are back on How's My Financial Health Doc podcast. Today, we have my good friend, Terry Pitts, who's going to be helping us in diving deep into another topic that is, I believe, very important to talk about. It's another type of fund that I believe most of us do not know what it is and are not aware of it. But, you know, it's it's uh, not something that uh, fits everybody's cup of tea, but definitely we should know about. And again, you don't know what you don't know. And unless you know, you will never realize what you're missing out. And so it could be an opportunity cost for you if you're not aware of this product. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to dive deep into it. And we're going to have some very interesting questions. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about segregated fund, long for seg fund. What is a segregated fund? Terry, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Bill. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. So thank you for spending some time with us and educating us on this type of fund. Let's just begin and say, what is this? Like, what type of fund is this? Is this a a stock? Is this a bond? What does it do in the winter and what does it eat? <laughs> well, the I would say the simplest uh, way to explain what a segregated fund is, is to say that it's uh, similar to a mutual fund. The main difference is that it offers guarantees upon death and or maturity. So if you die before a predetermined date, the value of your fund is less than your capital that you initially invested. So let me repeat that. If you die before a predetermined date and the value of your fund is less than the capital you invested, the guarantee will reimburse all of the difference to your beneficiary. As well, the maturity guarantee. So these funds are set up usually 
by an insurance carrier. And we'll get into that later, who the insurance carriers that are carry them. Uh, but normally they're set up on 10 or 15 or 20 year terms, similar to the life insurance product or life insurance policy, I should say. And so if you are depending on the guarantee and it can be set up with a 75% guarantee or 100%, and we'll get into the difference in the costs associated with that. Upon maturity, at the end of that contract, if your initial capital invested, sorry, if the value of your fund is less than the initial capital invested, you will reimburse all of the difference to yourself upon conclusion of the contract. So in summary, what you just said there is a investment product similar to a mutual fund sold by an insurance company because they're in, there is an insurance wrapped around that investment. So the analogy, I'm a, I'm a foodie, I love to eat. The analogy is a medallion. You've, you've had medallions before? I have. Right? It's a piece of uh, a steak. You know, most of the time it's a filet mignon, right? So think of it as a filet mignon with bacon wrapped around it. You've had that before, Terry? Yeah, they're delicious. They're delicious, exactly. So a SAG fund is an investment similar to the mutual fund, which is the filet mignon. And then you now have the insurance component wrapped around it, which is now the bacon. And so now you've got a SAG fund and think of it as a medallion stake. And so what does that do? What that does is that it provides you a capital insurance of your investment. And like you said, Terry, and we'll deal with it in a few minutes, you can set the capital protection at 75% or at 100%. So what you mentioned there is this. I decide to invest $10,000 into this SEG fund and I set the capital preservation at 75%. Next year, the market crashed and it crashed 40%. It was as bad as 2008. My investment of 10,000 all of a sudden became 6,000. But because of this insurance around it, my capital is protected at 75, which means my loss is only 2,500. I will get that 7,500 back, even if the market dropped by 50%, 60%, or even if it lost everything because of that insurance around it, my $10,000 can only lose as much as 2,500. What you need to add to that is that those insurance or those guarantees are on maturity and death. So if you were to die, your, your $6,000 investment now because of the crash is still worth at least 7,500, if not a full 10,000, depending on the level of insurance you bought. Correct. Concurrently, if your contract was maturing in the next week or month, your guarantees are in place. Correct. Uh, if your contract doesn't mature for another eight to 10 years, then the value of your fund is still 6,000 until the market comes back. 
Correct. So it's whatever is the highest, whatever the market value or your protection. We could set that protection at 75% or we can set that protection at 100%. Obviously, there'll be different costs to that. And so, so you have, um, I'll just go over the guarantee levels if you want to do that now. Yeah, let's do it now. So you have normally uh, 75, 75, right? Meaning 75 on maturity, 75 on death. Then the next level is 7,500, 75 on a, a maturity, 100 on death. And then you have your 100 hundreds. And so that's 100 on maturity, 100 on death. Right. So those are the protection. It doesn't mean that you invested 10,000 and you only get 10,000. It just means that that's the minimum protection. So if it's if your investment was 10,000 and your, the market value at maturity is 25,000, you still get 25,000. You don't get just 10,000. Those are your guarantees. Correct. Those are guarantees. And those guarantees are insured by the insurance carrier. So we talked about maturity date and death. There's also... Um, so the maturity date is the fact that you have this contract because it is a contract with the insurance carrier. So let's say we set the contract at 10 years and now the product has matured and we're now 10 years. What happens to that investment? Are you allowed to renew that contract or you must take it out? No, you're, you're allowed to renew it. You're, you're allowed to, it renews automatically. And all that happens there is that there's a total reset. There's a total reset. And so the maturity date, so let's say 10 years runs by and we're now at our 10-year mark and I want to keep investing into this product. And so I have a automatic renewal of my contract with the insurance carrier and we have another 10 years to go and it renews every 10 years. But at 10 years, I can also decide to take the money out and invest in a different product. I can decide to invest it in uh, my robo-advisor, I can decide to invest it in a index fund outside of the SEC fund. So at maturity, you can either automatically renew or you can take it out, correct? That's correct. And also, you're not bound by the length of the contract. Meaning okay. if you wanted to buy a segregated fund this week and uh, dispose of it next month, you're more than welcome to do so. Are there penalties to that? There's no penalties. And now let's talk about the reset. So what the reset does is it resets the guarantees and the capital. Can you explain to us what that means? Uh, depending on the carrier uh, and the way they manage their contracts, uh, you usually have a, um, a set time when you're allowed to reset. Uh, so some allow you to uh, reset once every year, once every two years, sometimes once every three years, and then others allow you to reset at any point. Uh, what you have to remember is every time you reset, what you're doing is you're setting up and that you're, you're renewing your contract. Your ten, if it's a 10-year term, you're renewing the contract. So what that affects is the maturity date. Yes. But what it also does is it locks in your, 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 uh, your, gains. your guarantees. Yeah, it locks in your guarantees and your gains. 
Exactly. So I'll give an example, the example of the 10,000. So let's say this year, 2020, I invested 10,000 into the SEG fund. Next year, it went up to 10,500. And then two years from now, and it went to uh, 10,000 and 1,000, so 11,000. And as per the insurance carrier, I can reset. So what that means is if I reset it, if I originally purchased, let's say 100, 100, which is 100% at maturity, 100% at death. If I reset it, that means that in two years, when I do my reset, my capital guaranteed would be 11,000, not 10,000. But what I've just done is signed another contract with the insurer for another 10 years, which means 10 years from that date, when it matures, the guaranteed is a minimum of 11,000, not 10,000 that I put in, but 11, because I've secured my gains. Or at time of death, it is, if the market drought dropped down and my portfolio is only worth 5,000, well, I am guaranteed at 11,000 because that gain has been locked in. And so that's what that reset does. And reset is to allow you to lock in your gains, but it also prolongs your contract by the, by the, by the amount specified in that term. So another 10 years, because it's a renewal of a contract. Correct. And so if your value of your fund has gone up, it makes sense to reset and lock in that gain if this is a long-term investment. So now that we talked about maturity, reset, and death, and how it impacts our fund, the first question that I will have for you and the audience will have for you is, well, wait a minute, this is through an insurance company and through as a contract, and it's invested in something similar to a mutual fund, why is it called segregated? They are called segregated because the fund is totally separate from the companies, the insurance companies, general investment fund. So if you're not investing in the company itself by investing in a segregated fund, well, in effect, it's segregated. How is it investing? Well, let me further that. Individual insurance contracts that you will buy through a segregated fund, then invest in underlying assets like a mutual fund, thereby helping your contract appreciate in value over time. The reason why it's called segregated is because it is separated from the insurance company's general investment fund. So when I invest $10,000, that $10,000 go into a fund that is separate from the insurance company's overall pool of money. And so that money goes into a different fund. I'm not investing into the insurance company. I'm invested into a fund that is separate from the insurance company's pool of money. Those funds that I put into is invested in underlying assets that are similar to a mutual fund. So the insurance company will invest in stocks, bonds, ETF, index funds in a pool of 
funds and I'm invested in those pool of funds, depending on what I would like to invest in. And those pool of money is separate, segregated from the insurance company overall pool of funds. And yeah. that's why it's called segregated. Exactly. A carrier like Canada Life, they will actually go out and they will hire um, money managers to manage those individual funds. Right. So for instance, uh, you know, um, let's look at the, if you don't mind looking at the Canada Life Shelf, just for, as an example, they will have uh, asset allocation funds going from anywhere from conservative to moderate to balance, right up to aggressive. They'll have fixed income funds, underlying fixed income funds. Uh, they'll e even have real estate funds, uh, Canadian equity balanced, uh, and foreign equity and specialty funds. So for example, the Canada Life Foreign Equity and Specialty Fund, one of them is managed by uh, AGF and they that one is called the American Growth Fund. And so those that money manager at AGF manages the American Growth Canada Life Segregated Fund for Canada Life. Correct. And in there, in there, there's associated fees that go off to AGF, they go to the Canada Life, and then you've got the insurance wrapper around it, which also provides a charge. Right. So let me, again, simplify that a little bit. What that means is that, let's say I my KYC, but know your client, uh, I end up being, let's say, aggressive. I'm an aggressive person, and I like to ag aggressively uh, invest. So I can, under Canada Life's SEG fund, I can choose to invest into a fund that is aggressive. And that may mean, you know, American growth fund, emerging markets, whatever it is, technology. And I would buy that fund. And that fund is sold um, through Canada Life. What Canada Life does, because it's an insurance company, it's not, it's not only, it's not an investment company. They will outsource that money management skill to AGF. And so AGF, portfolio money manager will manage that fund for Canada Life. But I bought it through Canada Life. And Canada Life will charge me an active management fee for that fund. So it's hidden inside what we call the MER. And because Canada Life needs to manage that, they need to manage the relationship with AGF and in addition to that, they need to put a insurance wrapper around it, that sweet bacon that we were talking about. All that have cost. And so the fund inside a segregated fund is typically higher than the cost of a regular mutual fund through AGF, for example, or Invesco or Fidelity. And so for the same fund that you would find in a non-insurance carrier, a SEG fund will have a slightly higher MER, correct? That's correct. And that is due to the different relationships that Canada Life needs to manage, but also it includes that insurance product that have those guarantees and that comes at a small cost. 
the other thing that I wanted to just mention is that the mutual fund, sorry, not the mutual fund, the funds that you find within a SAG fund, the spectrum is not nearly as large as the fund that you would find in a regular investment company like AGF, Fidelity, Schwab, uh, Vanguard, etc. Because at the end of the day, uh, Canada Life is an insurance company. And so you may not find as wide spectrum as those funds. So you may not be able to find what you want to invest in. And on a second point, remember that this is a fund wrapped inside an insurance product. So the carrier needs to guarantee your capital preservation, whether it's 75%, 100%, they need to provide that guarantee. So when they say a fund is aggressive, it is still not as aggressive as your typical fund sold by an investment company because they cannot be really be too aggressive if they are offering a guarantee. Yeah, so, and, and that also depends on the level of guarantee. So normally what you'll see with the insurance carriers is that their 75, 75s will offer you a fairly wide um, scope of funds to invest in. But the time, but by the time you get to their hundred hundreds, the, even that limited scope is now narrowed down even more. Right. So let's give an example. So if there's an op, if there's potential for a, again, the insurance carrier to be offering a, an international equity seg fund or a science and tech seg fund or an emerging market seg fund, it's probably, it's, you know, just a rule of th- probably pretty well guaranteed that those funds are offered with 75, 75 protection, but it's highly unlikely they're offered in the 100, 100 uh, protection. Yeah. So what that means is if I have a fund or Canada Life has, let, let's say 150 funds within their uh, portfolio for this seg fund, they have 150 and some of them are balanced, some of them are conservative, some of them are aggressive. And so if I chose the 75-75, I may have an option of the full 150 funds. But if I chose the 100-100 option, that means that the insurance carrier needs to guarantee me 100% capital preservation the more aggressive funds within that pool of 100 may not be available to the client who wants the 100, 100 protection. And so the, that pool may come down to, let's say 120 options as opposed to 150 options. So they will remove the more quote unquote aggressive and riskier funds from that client's options. That's correct. Since we're talking about options and we're talking about uh, fees, let's dive into the fees of what it means to be 75-100 or versus 100-100. Let's say we took a, a balance fund, generally speaking, with, that, with a 2.5% associated MER. If we were to take that underlying fund and wrap it, would say uh, a Canada Life 
insurance wrapper. So thereby making it a, a segregated fund. And I'm just going rule of thumb here. I'm just going up, you know, so it's don't, none of this is etched in stone, but it's a good guide. You would probably see your 7575 with an additional 50 basis points, thereby making that balance fund cost now about 3%. And if it was a 7500, you could probably see another 25 basis points on that, now making it three and a quarter. And if it's 100, 100, you could probably see that segregated 100, 100 uh, balance fund costing about three and a half percent. So as you move from the mutual fund to the fully insured 100, 100, you're, you're gaining or you're costing yourself another 1%, two and a half to three and a half percent. That is all just rule of, you know, general speaking, generally speaking. I'll also say, though, that um, the costs, uh, like the cost of mutual funds, uh, the cost of segregated funds have become quite competitive over the last uh, five years anyways. Associated costs continue to come downward. Uh, but for someone that, say, uh, someone probably in their, you know, 75, 80 years old, where they want that 100, 100% guarantee uh, on maturity, but probably more so on death, they're willing to pay that extra cost associated. I think you mentioned something that is worth repeating, maybe in simpler terms. This is not for everybody. This is a product that are for those people who are looking at capital preservation, mainly. So fairly conservative people. And so it has to be worked in within your strategy. All the DIYers out there who is listening to this may say, definitely, I'm not ready to pay an MER of 2.5 to begin with, because I don't like mutual funds. I don't like active management funds. I want to do index funds and I want to do uh, ETFs at 0.08 MER, something like a Vanguard fund or an uh, iShare from BlackRock. These type of funds are not for that type of strategy. These type of funds are for those who are looking for a strategy that has a capital preservation. And because you add that capital preservation, you add on to that now some fees. When you compare this product to another capital preservation product, i.e. GIC, so Guaranteed Investment Certificates, you can understand that current GICs will give you somewhere in the 025 2.5%. Yesterday, I believe HSBC is offering a mortgage below 1%, never seen before. So if we're going to a mortgage rate of 0.1%, you can imagine that the GICs will drop even more. So if we are comparing apples to apples, for those people who like GICs because they like the stability, security, and capital preservation, we have to compare GICs to SEC funds, or we have to compare SEC funds to GICs. And so when we compare apples to apples, a SEG fund obviously come ahead of a GIC 
that is giving you what? Maybe a 0 0.25, 0 0.5, if any, of that percentage. If you're buying mm -hmm. a SEG fund, well, you may get a 4%, a 5%, depending on what fund and what risk profile you choose. And so you pay for that, but you get more in return. And so let's not compare apples to oranges. We need to compare apples to apples. And as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, this is not for everyone. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but it is for those people who are looking for capital preservation. Does that make sense, Terry? That makes sense. This is a very long topic with a lot of information. So we have done our first part, first segment. So please join me next time for the second segment and the finale for the SegFund discussion. If you want to reach out to me, you can go on to my new website, financialhealthdoc.com. Again, it is financialhealthdoc.com or email me at hmfhd2020 at gmail.com. One more time, it is hmfhd2020 at gmail.com. How is My Financial Health Doc podcast is hosted by Dr. Vukit Tran. Dr. Tran is a physician with a special interest in personal financial security and wealth education. Dr. Tran does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through this financial podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. Please confer with your advisor, lawyer, or accountant for specific advice.